Hey guys, welcome to our podcast at the Clemson Foothills Church. We're glad you're here. Join us as we discover what the Bible says about Jesus loving God and serving each other. Feel free to visit our website at clemsonfoothills.com and find us on Facebook at Clemson Foothills Church. At CFC, we're just a group of people following Jesus and helping others do the same. So hopefully this podcast will be useful to you. Now let's dive into the episode for this week. Clemson has three seasons, right? I mean, they're good seasons, but it's not a four-season town for sure. We are now squarely in the midst of football season. I mean, this is what we'll be doing uh, until, you know, after the national championship game uh, when Clemson wins, and then we'll go into uh, and then we'll go into what we other people call winter and spring. Okay, at that point, and then summer, and then back to football season. And uh, it, it's, it's interesting, but that was one of the first things we learned when we moved here, how distinctively different the town is over these three periods of time. This is one of my favorite times when the college students come back and, and, and you know, there's more traffic for sure, but man, there's a lot going on. It's a lot noisier. There's a lot of fun things happening. This is a fun time of year uh, for sure. Um, and so, um, also, last night was my son's last night living in my home, man. I was like, oh, goodness. I said, I said, my heart didn't know what to do, you know? I was like, goodness gracious. I, ever since I've known him, he's lived with me, okay? So, that's how it's been. I think we've always had that relationship, you know? So, uh... So, isn't it? It's crazy. It's just so weird. You, if you've been through it, you know it's weird. It's just weird. Literally, it's like it's been four times and uh, the happiest four days of my life, I think, is what she said. So, uh, but, um, I, well, that's true, too. That's true. That is true. Well, somebody has to take care of me. That's what I'm talking about. You raise your children right when you, somebody's got to take care of us, right? Uh, you can turn over to Psalm 103. Uh, we're going to be, this is really wrapping up our time in the Psalms. Uh, as you can tell, we did not do a linear, like, uh, route through the Psalms. I know, I think last week I said we would be finishing Psalm 119, and, and I'm just reserving the right to play the preacher card and go, we got to do Psalm 103, and this is the last Sunday we're going to do be in Psalms, not forever, but, uh, but we're going to bring it to a close here, uh, and Psalm 103 is just so good. All of them are good. I mean, there's no doubt. They're, they're all great. Uh, and I look over there. Lauren's back already. She's been gone 10 days. She's coming back to Clemson. Okay. The, the way it's supposed to be. Okay. <laughs> she loves Texas, though. And that uh, little Wichita State shocker. No shocks. No shocks. No shocks. Psalm 103. No matter where you are, I mean, what's beautiful about this psalm um, is... Um, it will speak to your heart if you don't know who God is. 
okay? And, and, and that may seem weird. I mean, but the truth of the matter is, is I, one of the things is I think of as we go through Psalms, I wonder, <laughs> I wonder how much of a message God tries to send to us of like, I wish people just knew who I was, right? I mean, there's all kinds of opinions on who he is. There's lots of philosophies on who he is. There's lots of, I mean, the majority, and sadly enough, I mean, I think the majority of our opinion and our views of who God is doesn't come from Scripture at all, right? It comes from veggie tales, and it comes from kids' church when you're a kid, and it comes from all of these different places. And then we all get together as we get older, and we start, like, talking about who our opinion is of God, and then we get into these fights. Well, no, God is all loving. No, 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 don't forget God is angry at that time. Well, no, 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 don't forget that God, you know, we... And we don't have a, like a concrete anchor oftentimes of who God is. And, and, and the psalm will speak to that here. Whether it's like, I don't know who he is. I don't know this God. Or you've been in the faith for decades. Um, this is such a, just, this will speak to our heart. Because um, right off the bat, there's something interesting about our own human nature. There's a fatal flaw that we all have. And the fatal flaw is that... Um, we, we tend to um, find a place we want to be, we get there, life begins to like come together, especially if you're following Jesus and you're in a relationship with God, and we start to see that, man, this is really great, you've tasted, you've experienced how incredible God is, and then we immediately um, switch over to forgetting how we got to that place. That's our fatal flaw. Every single one of us, the, the fatal flaw is to forget and, and to look and to go, man, I, I found this really great thing. Um, and then we become, we kind of take over the kingdom. We've talked a lot about that word kingdom, right? Of, of God's kingdom. We're living in a kingdom of God here, okay? And, and what's interesting is very easy for me and you, but I ain't thinking about it. This isn't about trying to be evil and trying to be bad and all that. Our nature is to take control and go, man, okay, I found a good thing. Now let me go back to me being the king here. And so he starts out here in verse one, and there's these bookends to this psalm right here. And so verse one and two, um, your versions may say slightly different things, but in this version, I'm reading out of the Christian Standard Bible, my soul praise Yahweh, right? And that's a, so when you think of God and Yahweh, God, this is a proper name for God. Is essentially, if you wanted to boil it down to what it means, is is uh, the the uncreated, right? No, no, there was no one needed. There was no one needed, and nothing needed to sustain him, right? It's my soul praise Yahweh, and all that is is within me praises holy name. My soul praise the Lord, and don't forget his benefits. Okay, and then you have this bookend right down here in verse twenty. Praise the Lord, all his angels of great strength who do his work, obedient to his command. Praise the Lord, all his armies, the servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works in all the places where he rules. My soul praise Yahweh. And this is the point of this message here. This is the point of this chapter is praising God, praising Yahweh. Right? Is this idea of when he talks about my soul praises him, he's talking about everything seen and unseen, all of the parts of us that aren't seen, all of the parts of us that give us life, all of the parts of us um, that we don't oftentimes pay attention. He's saying, every bit of me is bowing down to praise 
God, okay? And, and I think we probably aren't going to do a great service to this passage if we didn't stop long enough to even just take some time in our own heart and go, wow, is this, is this like a normal practice of, of me? And, and here's the interesting thing. Here's where this becomes important. It isn't just, is this a normal practice for me as just this key guy who's a disciple and all that, but when I'm not praising him with all of my soul, and when each one of us, if this isn't what we're doing in our life and in our heart and the way we practice our life and practice our faith, it, it's interesting. Every one of us is actually affected. That, that it's interesting how the body of Christ works, is that we actually do affect every one of us. And it's not just when there's something done face-to-face -face or whatever. It's everything who we are when we're not even around each other. And so the stakes are raised up even higher because um, there's a way that I can love my brothers and sisters simply by praising God, by living this way, this simple way. But he says something interesting. Don't forget his benefits. If you didn't read any further, could you think of what those benefits are? The good stuff. It's oftentimes we don't pay a lot of attention to this. We don't pay attention to his benefits because we're like, is that okay to think about that stuff? Is that okay to see the benefits of God and to pay attention to those good things? You mean to tell me that we have a father who wants his children to have good things? That's a good thing right there. It's, it's a little bit difficult though sometimes because because um, it, it's, it's easier to have a religious posture that looks maybe a little bit um, a little bit different than that, right? Like it can it, there can be a religious posture of yeah, but man, I'm I'm so messed up though, right? Like like man, I'm not really even uh, feeling like I'm doing as well as I should be doing, and we can we can get caught up in all these things and. And it's really strange. We can forget about this father. And, and just thinking about one of the things I shared with Reese moving away is the idea of, man, as a father, you know, and you fathers know this, right, is the love that you have for your children is immeasurable, right? I mean, there, there's no quantifying it. There's no, there's none of those things. There's not, there's just this deep, deep abiding love for your children and it, it's really interesting because Jesus taught about that he said well if you're a dad and you know how to love your kids and you know how to do good things for your kids and, and, and Jesus he throws this in there he goes and you are evil okay yeah. Yeah. he goes you, you can do all of this good stuff and do such great things for your children. And I'm not talking about spoiling your children. I'm talking about loving them and showing compassion and grace and mercy and walking with them and all those things. He said, if you can do this and you're evil, how much more will your Father in Heaven do for those who are His children? Okay, so it's important for us to stop there because if we just said, hey, just praise Yahweh, if we, hey, just praise him. We go, okay, I guess I can kind of go through the motions, but man, I've got to put something together here to know who am I praising? 
And we get a little slight distinctive idea of it just in our, our own planet, right? Of, of a father loving their children. And he's like, listen, you guys can't even hold a candle to how great a father God is to us, okay? And so he says this, he forgives, and he speaks to the deepest parts of our hearts right here, okay? He, he doesn't, he's not even talking about material things. He forgives all your sin, okay? So he's saying, don't forget his benefits. He forgives all your sin. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from the pit. He crowns you with faithful love and compassion. He satisfies you with goodness. Your youth is renewed like the eagle. All right? And so, here's the interesting thing. is This, this psalm is attributed to David writing this, okay? This isn't something that David is just feeling. This is actually things God has said about himself. Okay? These are, these are qualities that God has said, this is who I am, okay? And so, it's important in this psalm... David's not just in this euphoric state of like, man, I'm just this poetic master here who's just like throwing out all of this goodness about God. He's saying, no, I'm simply like putting to words and meditating on who this is that we're praising. All right. If there's any section right here that we that requires, I mean, just a deep, just long term meditation of this idea of going, my soul praise the Lord, and don't forget all his benefits. He forgives all your sin. That there's something about us as human beings, beyond whatever country we're from, whatever state we're from, whether we're men or whether we're women, whether we're older, whether we're younger, there is something inside of us before we're even taught about it, whether we have been or haven't been, of a falling short, like a, a, a a mark of sin that you just are like, something's not right inside of me. Okay? Every culture is trying for this. Every person is trying for What is absolution? What is redemption? What is forgiveness? Like, we want that so desperately. So, as a father saying, man, I'll forgive all of your sins. You know what? It falls maybe a little bit short. And, and here's one of the reasons is like our world that we live in, it, we're trying so desperately to never talk about sin. Yeah. Okay, so is, do you understand how difficult this is? Like there is such a weight taken off for our father to go, listen, come here, son, I'm, your sin's gone. Like every single bit of it is completely gone. There's something so deep inside of us that needs that and wants that and searches for that. And we're being fooled a little bit in our own culture because our culture is saying, don't think about sin. Right. Like, don't think about bad things. Don't think about things. You, don't be too hard on yourself. Don't, listen, this is just going to bring you down. Like, like, we try so desperately. In fact, this is like one of those words that we talk about. Like, I don't like to use the word sin. It seems so archaic. And so, except by doing that, we forget what it means to live in a state of being continually washed of our sin. Yeah. It doesn't matter, okay, if you're in Christ, it doesn't matter today, the day you happen. Right? There, there's, there isn't such a thing, okay, 
as this idea of like you have on again or off again kind of forgiveness of your sin. That's not a real thing, okay? I don't know. If you've never felt it, I grew up feeling this way. Yeah. It's okay. When you have a bad day or you've done something wrong, what that means is that God hasn't forgiven you. You have to go and do some things and then he'll then forgive you. Right? And then here's the crazy thing. But the problem is, is that when I start doing good things, I get super arrogant and proud. I'm like, man, God really loves me today. He loves me more than other people today. And then it's like, oh man, what do I have to do? And I tend to have to work my way out of it. And here's the interesting thing is, is that doesn't even reach the standard of a good father in this world. That doesn't even reach the standard of a good dad in our world, right? I mean, that no one would say you're a good dad if you loved your kid sometime and not other time. Right. You know, if you loved them when they were doing good, but you didn't like them and you kind of made them sit in the doghouse until they started doing good things, you, no one would say you were a good dad for that. But our father is saying, man, I'm so much better than even the best dad yeah. on the planet here. And so he's saying he forgives all our sin. But, but here's the courageous part, I think, for us is to realize that Man, we shouldn't be scared about talking about the things that are real in our lives when it comes to sin. Like that shouldn't be an archaic word, right? It's we're missing the mark. Man, we've fallen short. We need a father like this. He forgives, he heals all your diseases, he redeems your life from the pit. And again, just stopping kind of like we did last week is if, if you haven't noticed yet in Psalms, he's not painting the picture of a visible world. He's not painting a picture of a visible world to go, oh man, well he hasn't healed everyone's disease and that's not how he does it and all those kind of things. No, no, this poetry, this artistry here that he's painting this picture of is, is an inner reality. Now, this is actually what's real. This is actually what's going on beyond the material. He redeems your life from the pit, okay? And, and so we go back a little bit to that idea of we're oftentimes scared. I get it. I've been there too and I'll be there again. Where we get fooled into thinking, man, okay, I'm in the pit. I'm struggling. I don't know where, which way is up, but I don't want to talk to anyone about it. Yeah. And instead of going, hold on a minute, you know what's so beautiful about this right here? Is he's going, no. Is, is, uh, I can redeem your life. I do redeem your life from the pit. You can talk about it. In fact, this is what the community is about here. He right. satisfies you with goodness. Your youth is renewed like the eagle. And as you get, all, again, we look at this from a standpoint of what's visible. We're going to be all weird. Just go, oh, my youth isn't renewed like the eagle. But it actually is. We're being renewed every single minute of every single day, right? How, how does that sit with you? I want you to think about this, okay? What kind of, how does that land when it comes to just how we live our everyday lives of going, man, I don't want to forget anything about my father. My, I want my soul, I want every bit of who I am to be praising him, okay? And again, this is what makes me a tad bit uncomfortable whether it's as a preacher or just as a Christian, is these are words that just kind of get chunked around our religious culture that don't mean anything. 
right? They just kind of get thrown around. Oh, praise God and this and that and all these things. And, and, but we're talking about something much more substantive here, something that's real, okay? And going, man, okay, this is incredible. Don't forget his benefits. The Lord executes acts of righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He revealed his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, rich in faithful love. He will not always accuse us or be angry forever. He's not dealt with us as our sins deserve or repaid us according to our offenses. Right? I probably just hit a switch on, on a filter in your brain that me and you can read the Bible through. And all I bring this up is because I don't know what the filter is for you, but paying attention to what that filter is. And so, so I got down to this. The Lord is compassionate and gracious. And, and you know, yes, I love this. I love this. I love this. Slow to anger and rich in faithful love. It's like, oh, he said anger. I don't, you know, I don't know. My filter is like my, my alarms are beginning to go off. He won't be angry forever or always accuse us. And depending what your filter of God is, you're going, oh, He's angry and accusatory of me all the time. Like that filter, the alarm just went off. Like all the good things we talked about before, you just forgot them all. Because you've gotten down to this place. And again, there's this little aspect of, of, of a filter that's going through this and going, you know, he won't always accuse us or be angry forever. We, these are the important things quite honestly, that don't get dealt with from a like sermon perspective, they get dealt with in a relational perspective, is, is if the filter went off and all you're paying attention to is, but Keith, he does get angry with me and he does accuse me and that's what's happening right now. Right? This is what happens relationally, right? And so again, that the important aspect of us gathering together isn't hearing the sermon, okay? The importance of our community is that we're paying attention to the word of God to have the relationships to go. I got stuck right here. I'm stuck in this place and I need help to get out of it. And, and, and for us as brothers and sisters to be able to ask enough questions, not just to go, no, 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 you're cool. It's good. There's nothing wrong. Stop thinking about bad things. But to go, well, talk to me. What's going on? Like, talk to me about that filter. Talk to me about why you got stuck right there. Like, what's happening? Yeah. Because this isn't, like, you read this entire, like, list of this amazing character of God. And to zero in on one aspect, and why I'm, like, picking that one is because that's the one, oftentimes, that we get stuck on more than anything. That, that's the one that people get stuck on. And then, again... If as a community, this is where discipleship matters, is to be able to sit down and go, I'm stuck right here. Because I grew up thinking God just was angry at me all the time. I thought he never was satisfied. He wasn't ever happy with me. Yeah? And that he does accuse me because I give him reason to accuse me. These are the conversations that we've got to have and just help me out. And then drawing each other's heart, well, what's going on? Is there something that's been going on in life? And listen, there are plenty of times I can think of just such beneficial conversations in my life where there was a reason I would get stuck on a, on a verse like this. 
is because I had made a complete, like, off, I, I had gone off the road. Like, in this journey of following Jesus, I started, like, choosing all kinds of things, whether it was pornography, whether it was lying, whether, whatever it was, I'm, like, over here, and there's this side of it where it wasn't necessarily even a filter, it was just the Holy Spirit, like, drawing me to this, and having to go, man, I'm stuck here, and having brothers and sisters going, well, what, what's going on, man? Well, I'm kind of living this way. Well, here's what's important about that. What's important in Christ is that he forgives us our sins and he heals our diseases. It's important that we're connecting to God and going, oh, I don't, I'm not needing to be like hiding in the corner here going, oh, there's this freedom to come out and to be honest and to be open. There's this freedom to go. This is how I've been living. And for brothers and sisters to handle the word of God and going, hey, let's, let's look at what repentance looks like. Because this is so much about perspective. There's so much of this that's about perspective about how we read this. And so, so again, this is a little bit of a side note, but I hope, and, and I really, this is my prayer for us as we go through this, is that we're paying attention on what we're bumping up against and not for us to go off alone to like figure that out, but to just have some people in our life to go, this, I'm stuck right here. You know, and I don't know why I'm stuck. I get stuck a lot of times. I think everyone in here, you get, you just get stuck sometimes. And, and sometimes you get stuck and then you get scared and then you don't know what to do. And there's a cycle of going, okay, I'm not going to, let me just figure it out on my own. And it'll all be better. Except we're missing out on just how beautiful this passage is that David is giving to us here, okay? Um, just for some reference, let's jump back here. Jump over to Deuteronomy chapter 6, okay? So you say, hey, don't forget about all of these things. Um, there, there's precedent to this, right? There, there's precedent to all these things. Deuteronomy 6, verse 10. Okay, so we're going back and... Whoever happened to be the author of Deuteronomy, maybe it was Moses, maybe it wasn't. Somebody that God used in a powerful way, for sure. He's... As, as God is like giving him these words, Deuteronomy 6, verse 10. When the Lord your God brings you into the land, he swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that he would give you a land with large and beautiful cities that you didn't build. Houses full of every good thing you didn't fill them with. Wells dug that you didn't dig. Vineyards and olive groves that you didn't plant. And when you eat and are satisfied, be careful not to forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the place of slavery. Fear Yahweh your God, worship him, and take your oaths in his name. Right, so he's preemptively reminding his people, man, there's, as a dad, I'm, I'm giving my kids good things. They didn't do anything for they didn't build the houses, they didn't build the cities, they didn't build the wells, they didn't do all those things, but they're going to reap all of these beautiful benefits. He said, don't forget when that happens. When you eat and you're satisfied, jump over one more time, Deuteronomy chapter 8, just over a chapter or so. Deuteronomy chapter 8, same sentiment, verse 11, be careful that you don't forget the Lord your God by failing to keep his command." The ordinance and statutes I'm giving you today. When you eat and are full and you build beautiful houses to live in and your herds and your flocks 
grow large and your silver and gold multiply and everything else you have increases. Be careful that your heart does not become proud and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the place of slavery. He led you through the great and terrible wilderness with its poisonous snakes and scorpions, a thirsty land where there was no water. He brought water out of the flint like rock for you. He fed you in the wilderness with manna that your fathers had not known in order to humble and test you so in the end he might cause you to prosper. You may say to yourself, my power and my own ability have gained this wealth for me. But remember that the Lord your God gives you the power to gain wealth in order to confirm his covenant. He swore to your fathers as it is today. If you ever forget the Lord your God and go after other gods to worship and bow down to them, I testify against you today that you will perish. All right, this is all intertwining here. But I think there's something that me and you, I all have something in common with our brothers and sisters, the Israelites who have come out of Egypt. And he's saying, don't forget what it was like to get out of Egypt. Don't forget who did the power to get you out of Egypt. Don't forget about the Red Sea. Don't forget about all of the things. Don't forget about all these things. And he's simply saying, David's saying here, Praise God, my whole entire soul, praise him. Verse 11, he says, For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his faithful love towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows what we are made of, remembering that we're dust, all right? Let me just think, that's good news right there. Okay, that is really, really, really good news that God said, I remember their dust. That, that's a good thing that you want God to remember here, okay? He says, as high as the heavens are above the earth, that's how great his faithful love is. How many feet is that? How, how many feet, how many yards, how many meters are the heavens above the earth. It's incountable, right? That's a new word I just made, incountable, okay? But yeah, he says, as far as the east is from the west, the east is, that verse right there, there, okay, if you're an engineer, this will mess you up for a long time, okay? Because you're going to try to figure it out. East, west, you know, I've heard everything. Well, you know, the east, no, no, no. Here's the point is, you can't figure it out. It's too far. It's, it's un, unimaginable, right? He's saying this is how great his faithful love is. Okay. As we've been talking about, if, if, we're, if we don't approach Scripture as literature that we are meant to meditate on and pray over and think through, this will not move our heart. It won't, it just isn't going to move our heart. If I don't look at this and attempt to, to spend time meditating on this and putting it into what does it look like in, in my everyday life? Because when we leave here and then Monday morning, everybody in here, you have a different thing happen. Some of you are getting ready to go to school. 
at R.C. Edwards. Some of you are getting ready to go to school at D.W. Daniel, Pendleton High School, or Clemson University, Tri-County. You're going to work. You're going to office. There's all these things. You go in. There's innumerable things that we face in a given day. And what I love about this is when I'm meditating on this and praising God, everything that we face is viewed differently. It's viewed differently. And, and all I will say about that is try it and see. Okay? That, I'm not kidding you. If you're not sure, try it and see. This idea of praising God, of, of paying attention to these benefits, of this incredible father we have, okay? But here's the last thing that makes this really, really, really tough, and I brought it up a little bit ago, is perspective. Because for every person that reads this and says, this is incredible, there's going to be somebody that reads this and says, this is not true. God is not like this. I've never seen it. This isn't true. This is propaganda. And, and, and the question is, how can two people experience the same thing and come away with something completely the opposite? Believe me, it's, ha it's happening here today. It happens every time we read this, except even Jesus tells the story of two brothers that have the same father. Right? You guys remember that? You remember the prodigal son? You can read it in its entirety in Luke chapter 15. You had two brothers that lived under the same roof. They lived under the same roof, yet they had two very different views of who their father is. Turn over to Luke chapter 15. We're going we're gonna to wrap this up right here because here's the legwork that goes in ahead of what we're reading in Psalm 103 is our perspective matters. So if I'm approaching Psalm 103 and I'm thinking, this isn't true. This isn't who God is. I look around the world. This isn't God. Okay. I mean, there's look at what's going on. Look at how he's treated me. You know, some of the saddest conversations I have, in particular, this has been with college students, is I've sat down with college students and they go, I don't want to follow God anymore because you want to know what? He expects so much from me that it's just impossible. I'll never make him happy. And I go, where'd you get that from? I, I, where did that come from? Because... My experience with God is the complete opposite, but me and you seem to be talking about the same God. And it comes down to a perspective. It comes down to this. And, and so we understand what the prodigal son did. The prodigal son was, you know, he's like, give me my money. Let me go. I want to do my thing. He goes and squanders it. This, this is one of those stories, right? It's squandered. And he has this realization, okay, of, Verse 16 of Luke chapter 15. The prodigal son said he longed to eat his fill from the carob pods that the pigs were eating, but no one would give him any, okay? That, that right there, we many of us in here have experienced that, okay? In verse 17, when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired hands have more than enough food and I'm dying of hunger? He's going, my dad feeds his hired hands really good. 
And I'm trying to eat the pig food here, okay? So he's going, I, I remember how my dad is. I'll get up and I'm going to go to my father and I'm going to say, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm not worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired hands. Right? He's like, I can go to my dad. I can go to him and I'm just going to be honest about what's going on. I'm going to go and I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm not even worthy of this. But I can go to him. And he went to him. He said, make, just make me like one of your hired hands. I don't, you don't have to give me my bedroom back. You don't have to do it. Just make me, you're, you treat people so well. Your hired hands would be a beautiful thing right now, right? And he goes out, the dad, as we know, is like, hey, we're having a party. We are, again, the Psalm 103 dad right here. We're having a party. Oh my goodness, he's back. This is so incredible. I'm just like pouring out compassion and mercy. And, and the older son isn't there. The one who stuck with dad at home. In verse 25, the older son was in the field. As he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. Like for most of us, we would go, this is going to be great. There's music and dancing going on, okay? So he called one of the servants and he asked him, hey, what is this? And the servant said, well, your brother's here. And your father's having a party because he's having the fattened calf. And, and he's back safe and sound. And... Then the older brother became angry and didn't want to go in. So his father came out and pleaded with him. Right? I mean, think about this. The father coming out and pleading with his son. Right? Please come in. This isn't complete without you. This isn't just about you. This is about us. Like, I want you to be in here. This is a good thing. But he replied, I've been slaving for you for many years. I've obeyed your orders and you didn't even give me a young goat to celebrate with my friends. But then this son of yours who took everything because you killed the fatted calf for him. He said, son, he said to him, you're always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is Two perspectives from one household. How could that be? How could it be that different? And it comes down to, man, what am I going to view and how am I going to view my father? How am I going to view him? The older brother is like, you just want me to slave away. Fine, I'll do what you want. Is that going to be good enough for you? I do what you want? Right? That's why we oftentimes push against just obedience, right? Because we're going, no, I don't want to be on like that. But this attitude, and this is something really important for us. It surprises me. My own heart surprises me at times to think of how close to this attitude I can become at different times. Of going, man, how come there's other things, other people getting good things? Right? Like, these are conversations I've had to have with brothers and my wife and God himself of going, I'm angry about this. What, what have I done wrong? Why don't I get to celebrate? Like, why are you? Okay, it surprises me. And it would probably surprise all of us given some time, some introspection. 
to go, am I viewing just my Father in heaven as somebody who's going, hey, you don't know what to do what you're told. Be quiet. You don't get any of the goods. Just, you're going to make me happy if you just kind of like don't cause any trouble. Okay. Except that's not the Psalm 103. That's not the dad that's way better than all of us dads. That, that's not the dad, but it's the perspective that I think we've got to take a look at. There's something different. The one son was freed up to go, I'm going to my dad and I'm talking to him about stuff. And I'm just going to be open. And he's like, let's party. Okay. Versus, and my fear is that oftentimes just Christianity as we know it has become more like the older man. Yeah. It's just slaving away, man. Yeah. Why do I got to go to church, man? Just one more thing. Why do I got to go to prayer? Why do I got to do this? Why? I mean, it's just stressing me out. Right? And it's just slaving away. And the worst part of it is, is when you go all the way back to Psalm 103, you know what's really crazy, and Boyce brought this up at the beginning, is this idea of proclaiming the gospel to a world. Like, how many of us, how comfortable are you feeling about being able to articulate this to the people in our lives? Like articulating, that is our king. And there is a time, yes, there is times when he's angry. There is times when those things come up. They're not exclusive. Right. They're this entirety of it. But can I communicate and articulate who my father is? And what's interesting about that is there's something about what we're built to do of articulating the gospel and who our father is and how we interact with him that can change our perspective completely. But what oftentimes what gets lost is we can go our entire week, and we can go our entire month, and sometimes we can go months and years where we don't have any conversations like that. Like, let's talk about the Father here in Psalm 103. And let me articulate that from what's real inside of me. And let's, let's study this out. That's a huge, huge thing that we can miss out on here, okay? Um, what do we do with this? What do we do with Psalms? I think it's been, I think we've appreciated seeing in the Psalms that we've seen what wrestling with faith looks like. We've seen faithful men and women who have wrestled with faith and all these different things, right? And we've seen, hey, that's nice to know that we have to do that as well. It's nice to know that there are times when we can feel kind of beat up by the world and we can still communicate and articulate with God. It's nice to see people writing out and giving words to what it looks like to praise Yahweh and what it looks like to like to truly put words to maybe some things that we don't even know what to say. I think all of that stuff has been a benefit of us preaching and teaching through the Psalms, okay? But the takeaway from this, I think, is the same as always. Where will this fit into the rhythm of mine and your life? Like, where will it fit in? What I've learned is it doesn't just fit in nicely. It's not like Tetris, okay? It's not like it just like falls directly in the long thing. It falls directly in the Do they play Tetris still anymore? <laughs> okay. It's like breakout. Pong. We're good with that though. No. But it just, it, it doesn't fall in. It takes just, and, and quite honestly, it's something that should be done probably this evening. What will this look like in the rhythm of my life? 
and the rhythm of my day and the rhythm of my week. And, and maybe there are some times that we've got to just put in some prayer walks to just go and meditate and pray and sing and, and, and not just alone, but with brothers and sisters. Right? That, that's, that's what we're going to have to take from this. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about us or have any questions, please visit ClemsonFoothills.com. You can also text Foothills to 94000 to stay up to date on everything going on here at CFC. 